All right, 506. Before I bring in Troy, let me tell you that the uh, the hearing now has been established for the Court of Appeals will be December 1st. So with that being the case, and we don't know what the ruling will be, but uh, Elliot will miss the Atlanta game, the Philly game, and then the Thanksgiving game against the Chargers before the hearing takes place, which will be now, we've learned, December 1st. We welcome in Troy Aikman, who I miss, who uh, used to be with me all the time once a week, but uh, it's good to have him with us. Troy, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. It's good to be back on. My pleasure and a good time because the Cowboys are obviously in the news as they are playing really well. And I thought the last couple of weeks playing as well as they have in recent years because I think there's a lot of improvement in the defense, defensive line, and now they got to go without Elliott for a couple of weeks. Your thoughts on how that will impact them? Uh, well, I mean, hey, you don't just replace Ezekiel Elliott, as we know, but uh, I believe they're still going to be highly effective running the football. You know, I don't think you'll have as many explosive plays, although Alfred Morris, shoot, he had a 70-yard run, you know, a few weeks back. But, you know, I, the defense, as you said, is is playing playing really well. They got yep. some guys back, and they're healthy. And David Irving, after his four-game suspension, Demarcus Lawrence is playing great. And then the offensive line started to come together. And I guess the only real question, Mike, is early in the season when they were not running the ball all that well, it was really due to some different parts in the offensive line and then the lack of working together with, with Elliott as the running back. And, and, and will there be any uh, thing that resembles that uh, with Alfred Morris not having really run behind this line all that much. He's only averaging a couple carries a game. And then, of course, Darren McFadden, he's been inactive every week. But I, I really believe the key to this offense, uh, aside from the offensive line, has been the play of, of Dak Prescott. And I just, I just don't see it being a big stumbling block for them overall. Now, they've got a huge matchup on, uh, you know, we've got their game this Sunday yep. against Atlanta. I can't game. wait. I want to see it. I can't but, wait to see it. the biggest game is, is next Sunday night. No question. Uh, uh, against the Eagles, and, and clearly, if you're Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, or anyone else, you feel a hell of a lot better if you've got Ezekiel Elliott carrying the football, but, but I think they've got some really accomplished guys that can step in and run the ball well. Atlanta game will fascinate me uh, because it's it's amazing, and I, I got this wrong. I thought Atlanta would not miss the Shanahan as much as they have. Sarkeesian has just not connected. The way they put it to me was, we just can't get the trains to run on time, uh, and it really just seems like they've been off. They've been in the final minutes of every one of these games with the ball, and they've never made a play in any of these games. Right. They had a chance to win every one of these games late, and they just seem to be off a tick. They're not making the big play. They're not getting the ball uh, to the guys in the big spots. Julio Jones isn't making a big play. Something just a yeah. just a little off with that offense. Yeah, and, and, and trying to figure out exactly what it is is, is the hard part. And, and I'm not sure that they can even say so, Mike. I, I, I believe that if you talk to the players within the organization, they, they all have an opinion on, on what the problems might be. But I, I think that Sarkeesian is certainly the easy target. And I'm not saying he should not be at least part of the, the problem. But I know after Kyle Shanahan's first season, there was a lot of grumbling that was going on then when he came in and replaced Dirk Cutter. And to the point to where they took Raheem Morris, who was a defensive backs coach, and they made him the wide receivers coach to try to help kind of bring that group together within the wide receiving room. And, you know, and then Kyle Shanahan goes on and the offense goes on and has a record-setting year last year. And so I know we had them last week, and, and they really were not that far off. A lot of their numbers were very comparable to what they were a year ago. The, the two big differences is they're not getting the big plays down the field. 
and then they they're not scoring points. Yeah. Uh, part of that is because they're not getting the big plays. The other part of that is that they've been so poor in the red zone. And then last week, let's just look at last week. They've got a touchdown over the top in the first series to Julio Jones, and and Matt Ryan overthrows him. That would have been a touchdown. And then late in the game, he drops the ball, and that would have been a touchdown. They dropped third downs. They got false starts. There's a, there's there's things you point to, and you say, all right, well, do you blame Steve Sarkeesian for these things? But I, I think that anyone watching them would say, yeah, it just is not the same. And and I think most people, most reasonable people, thought that it would be hard for Atlanta to live up to what they did a year ago offensively. But even with that being said, uh, they've they've not played particularly well, and they've lost now four of their last five, and this becomes a huge game for Enormous. them in order to keep up with the Saints in the division. Enormous, and it should be a game where the offenses dominate. We expect that. We know Atlanta's good there and uh, on that surface, and it'll be interesting to see with the Cowboys' offense, which is playing great. Then you mentioned the next week after that, which is going to be a Sunday night game, but that becomes the question going forward in the NFC just how good Philly is, and Wentz and Philly, you know, they're, they're not making this. They're making this look easy in recent weeks. I mean, this is just a lot of fun for them. They seem yeah, to, they seem I, to be getting better as the weeks go on. Yeah, the the it's been we had we had the Eagles, you know, early in the season, and then to see what they've been able to string together here over the last month and a half has been really impressive. And Carson Wentz uh, is terrific in the defense, and you know, I just was looking at this because. When you look at most teams, as you know, Mike, they're either pretty good on offense, not so good on defense, or really good on defense, not so good on offense. And Philadelphia is one of those few teams that is pretty well-rounded. And they, they're, they're, they're good on defense. They've got a great front seven. They're very dominant in their front four. And they do a great job. And so uh, they're for real. And we've seen these situations in the past, especially in the East, because that tends to be what, what – what I follow a lot of with the games that we cover. And it seems that each year there's a team that has an ability to kind of, you know, give the knockout punch within the division and rarely do they do it. Um, and this is one of those games next week. If Dallas loses this game and yeah. then it's, you know, even it's bigger yeah, because it's Philly yeah. has the buy, as you know, but yep. if uh, it, next week, Philadelphia has a chance to, to get a three game lead and then have the tiebreaker. I mean, that's huge with seven games to play. Oh, absolutely. No question. Well, I talk- guess it'd be yeah. six games to yeah. play then. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And, uh, and again, they'll probably be without Elliot for a couple of weeks. We're talking with Troy Aikman. And the other story is Minnesota, which has got a big lead now w- with green Bay situation, uh, in that division. And, now they got a decision to make. They activate Bridgewater. They know that it's Bridgewater and Case Keenum. But Case Keenum, to me, has played well enough to leave him alone. And then right. if you need Bridgewater, go get him. I wouldn't rush Bridgewater back into the games. No, nor would I. And, and I don't think, I can't imagine, uh, you know, you've won four straight. And I just can't imagine then that, that they would, you know, when you're winning, why mess it up, uh, even if you think that this particular at quarterback and you say that this guy might be better, but there's a big unknown with Teddy Bridgewater, and he's missed a lot of football. And, and you know, we had Minnesota a few weeks ago, and I went over and saw Teddy. He was practicing uh, off to the side. This was before he was even able to practice with the team, and he says he feels great, and I watched him, and he looked great. He looked like he was moving fine. That was a significant injury. I mean, he yes. he almost lost his leg. That's a dislocation. That was as bad yeah. as it gets, yeah. And so 
I just know that when you're in a controlled environment at practice, uh, that's far different than when you have to then take the field and react and do things that you have to do on any given Sunday. And, and, and I'm not so sure. I would be surprised. I, I hope that when he gets his opportunity, I hope he just lights it up and plays great and you never knew that he missed all these games. He's a great kid. He's worked exceptionally hard to get to this point. But I would be very surprised if that's the case. I just think there's going to be some rust. And if this team's winning, you know, wait until you feel like you have to go back to them. I totally agree. We're talking with Troy Aikman. We're going to see a lot of the next couple of weeks, obviously, as football moves front and center and heads towards Thanksgiving. Anytime your team wins six in a row, you got to pay attention. Saints have won six in a row. They've done it quietly. They've kind of just gone about their business, jumped up on people, uh, haven't played the toughest schedule yet. they got Atlanta coming up in a couple of weeks, two times in three weeks. Uh, but they're winning. They're running a little more than they did in the past. They're uh, playing a little more defense than they have in recent years. What do you think of the Saints? I really like them a lot. I talked to Sean Payton last week and and and, and basically asked him the question: <laughs> What's going on with you guys? You know, why are you playing so well? And what's the difference? And you know, they they've got some. This draft class was a heck of a draft class for them. Mickey Loomis did a great job, and they're dependent on a number of these guys, and they're showing up and 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 playing well and. And that's what it's about. And then, of course, Drew Brees is your quarterback, and the defense is is doing enough and creating some takeaways and those types of things. And and uh, and now they're they're off and running. And and when you start stringing together the wins like they have six in a row now, you start whether whether it's a facade or not. And I don't believe that it is, but you start to gain some real confidence. So at this point, New Orleans is for real. They're a contender, and everyone in the division is chasing them. I think, and we're going to get a chance to see them. You know, here next week, uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since we've actually had a thing. Yeah, and you probably so. have them in Atlanta a couple times coming up because they're going to be. That's going to be. Yeah. those are going to be very big games. They play yep. twice in in three weeks. And I and we're talking with Troy Aikman, and I want to remind you, Troy, that the Giants are still in the league. I mean, they they are still in the uh, league. I mean, I know you're not going to. I know you're not going to be visiting. Yeah, I know you're not going to be visiting uh, our fair city anytime soon. But they they still are in the league. I I know. Unbelievable, uh, right? Yes. This is stunning. If I had gone there, when I went there in training camp, they were as confident as yeah. I had seen them in. And I was still talking to them about, hey, what about this offensive line, which I was worried about. Right. But they were as confident as I had seen them in probably a decade. I mean, wow. they they were exceeding. I think they are absolutely stunned that this happened to them. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would think so. I, I think that. What's interesting, Mike, is this, is that when you look at the drafts of Jerry Reese, it, it, it's clear that the offensive line was a priority or is a priority or in how he feels that you build a team, the offensive line is a big part of that based on what he had shown in, in drafting uh, Eric Flowers and, and other draft picks. Right. And, and you say, okay, well, uh, this is what you have to be able to do. Dallas did the same thing. Dallas hit on their guys. The Giants, not so much. Yep. Um, but with that being said, uh, maybe we talked about it, but at the end of last year, if there was ever a team who I thought I knew what they were going to do, it was the Giants. I said, they have to address this offensive line. And to not do it, and it's, it's easy, I was shocked. I was shocked when the offseason came and went and the draft came and went. And to say, well, this is hindsight, it's, it's not It's hindsight. not, because we talked you know, about it all spring this here. This right. offensive line was not good a year ago. There's other offensive lines in this league that were not very good. The, the Vikings were not very good Correct. on the offensive line, and they went out and they did something about it. Absolutely. And every other team that I covered a year ago that had problems up front, 
did something. The Rams about. did. Seattle did. They yeah. all did. Yes. And so to say, well, we're going to go get these skill players, and we're going to draft Eric Ingram, we're going to bring in Brandon Marshall. That's great. I mean, you need those guys, but it doesn't matter if you don't have an offensive line, and then everything's just completely unraveled. And uh, you know, I was on a show here locally this morning, and they asked me about the Giants, and I said, look, I mean, I, I'd, I'd I'd duck and hide for cover. You know, I mean, this this thing when this season's over, John Mara. Uh, to say he cannot be happy oh. is, is a dramatic understatement. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a proud franchise. And to be, not, not just lose, but to be embarrassed the way that they have been this year, uh, it's unlike anything I've really seen from the New York Giants. And uh, I'm really surprised by it. And I would, there's not going to be many that I think survive this. No, season. I don't think so. And, and again, uh, we're talking about Troy Eichmann. The Cowboys come in and late Eagles come in late. And, you know, already we know and we've had reports that the Eagle fans and Cowboy fans are buying up droves of tickets for these games, and the Giant fans are admitting, coming on the show and admitting that they're all selling their tickets to these guys. So, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let me tell you, at Fox, I mean, not that no one cares about this, but at the network level, when the schedule comes out and there's a Dallas and there's a Giants-Cowboys game that's on Fox, you can set your weekend and know you're going to be doing that game. And right now, it does not look like we're going to be going to New York. No, you I won't. I can't ever recall... The only reason we would go is if the, the Philadelphia is going to be playing at the L.A. Rams is if Sunday night takes that game. And if yep. they take that game, then, then we may be going there because of the, the markets. But yep. uh, You'll I, see plenty of cowboy – you'll be plenty of eights in the building when you get here. You know that? There'll be plenty of eights. You know that? They'll be, they'll be all over the building, I'm telling you. you. They won't have a hard time spotting your uniform number, I can promise well, you Well, I hate what I've seen, and, and uh, you know, I haven't uh, been that close to it uh, as you have and others, but uh, I, I do like Ben McAdoo. I, I have great respect for him. Uh, I think he's a good football man. He's a good football coach, and uh, whatever happens there is, you know, it happens, but there's a lot going on that I think you could point fingers to. Yeah, and then, you know, you take Green Bay out of the mix because once you lose the quarterback, and he is so good, it's, you know, he's on a different planet the way he plays. I mean, and losing him, you can't replace him. And then you have Carolina not playing that well, Atlanta not playing that well. This is starting to come down to, and I don't know what how good the Rams are, and that's the next question for you. The Rams... The coach looks like he's really clicking. The team looks like a football team. They're crisp. They they want to play. They look good on the sideline. They look good coming yeah. out of the huddle. They look like a real football team with this guy. I like them. I do like you them like a what lot. you do? You like? Do you think they're real? I do. I think they're for real. Uh, I think Wade Phillips is is great as a defensive coordinator. I think Sean McVay. I liked him a lot when he was at Washington, seeing what they did offensively. I think there's very few offenses that I look at and watch in today's NFL and really think they do a great job of, of, of coaching and, and showing guys how to run routes and their schemes and what they're doing within their patterns and, and how they get guys open. And I thought that, that Washington did it, and I think they continue to do it as well as anybody in football. And, and then the question was, can he get the rookie going? Can he get second-year player Jared Goff going, who I saw last season very early when he wasn't even suiting up, and it it was a struggle uh, watching him in practice. And and if he, you know, this goes back to, I've said many times that there are a lot of, I believe, talented quarterbacks that came into this league. They just got put in bad situations yep. and with poor coaches and never got to really fulfill their potential. And if Jared Goff had stayed in that situation with a defensive coach 
And an offense where they just tell you, hey, let's just run the ball with Gurley. Don't screw it up. We'll play great defense, and, and we'll win nine, ten games and make it to the playoffs. This, this kid never would have realized his potential, and who knows what the future holds for him. But I know this year he's played really, really well, and he's got an offensive coach who understands offensive football and has put him in position, as well as a lot of these other players, to have great success. And I'm, I'm happy for him that, that you know, even though he only had to labor in it for one year, some of us had to do it for more than one year, uh, he now is off and running and, and, and living up, uh, it appears, to the potential that he had when he was drafted. Well, how about, how about uh, someone I know you've been close to, and that is Stafford in Detroit. Where do you think he is right now? Do you like the way things are uh, uh, shaking out for him, or are you concerned the way things are shaking out for well, him? Well, I, I, I have not seen Detroit yet. I saw him the other night uh, on the primetime game, and I was really pleased watching him. He, he, he just seems to, you know, he's always been a confident guy. He's a, a likable guy, and is always enthusiastic when he's playing and loves to play the game. So all that kind of comes across when you watch him. But there just seemed he, there just seemed to be a little something different to him. Uh, you know, maybe it's the big contract. I don't know. Maybe when that happens, and then you just feel like, yeah, okay, they they paid me as though I'm one of the best, and now let's just go out and do it. But I, I really like Matthew a lot, and the only thing keeping him. You know the one part about his game where uh, he would get into some trouble is is he was he was reckless at times and and that had to be cleaned up. But I, I think that for him the only thing keeping people from talking about him as one of the game's greats is is he has to go do it in January. Got to win, got to win playoff games. games. Absolutely, he's got. Listen, we know we can throw it. We know he's good late in the games. He's a good he's a good la- at the fourth quarter quarterback. He's got to go do it in playoff games. That's, right. he, that's what he needs. We know he's got all the tools. And that's the same with yeah. that's the same. Kirk Cousins, yep. um, you know he can play as well as anybody when you watch him and the things that he's able to do. But he he has to win that game in in week seventeen to get into the postseason. He has to win that game at home in the playoffs against Green Bay to go on and make it to the divisional round and and then on from there. But that's the only thing holding him back. Also, no Stafford can do it. I I just don't know if that team's good enough. We're gonna this, this, right. you know I just don't know if he was. I thought Minnesota if they had kept Cook and Bradford healthy had a chance to have a really good year this year. Now they still are in the mix. And I wasn't expecting Philly. I admit it. I didn't expect them to be this good. They they have clearly <clears throat> surprised me. And I won't count Seattle out yet. But I can't no. figure out what Seattle is. One week Seattle can't move the ball, then the next week they score 35, then the next week they yeah. can't move the ball. They're just very inconsistent in what they do. They're, they're, they're head scratchers, you know, and that's kind of what, you know, that's what we've seen from them over the years. And then about this time is when they kind of hit their stride. And, and yet we thought that was starting to happen. And then they, they had a setback last week. And uh, so I, I agree with you there. I, I, will, I will say on the quarterback front, it seems to me, Mike, that, you know, you can go draft a LeBron James and a Michael Jordan and a Kobe Bryant and, and, and go out and then all of a sudden be an immediate contender, you know, in basketball. Football never seemed to be that way, but yet it kind of seems like it's becoming more that way with the, the value placed on the quarterback and the way the game has changed. And, and I say that because when you looked at Green Bay, we had them when they beat Dallas. It was a huge win. Green Bay felt as good as they could have felt at any point in a long time. Winning that game, they go, man, we are rolling. We got a, we got a, a great road win against a team that's likely going to be in the hunt at the end of the season. And then all of a sudden they lose their quarterback. And as soon as they lost, and they had had a lot of injuries, as we know, but yet Aaron Rodgers kept them in these games and they were still winning. 
when they lost Aaron Rodgers, I said, this team won't go 500. No chance. And, and they don't look anything close to what they did when he's on the field. And- but he's better than everybody else. As a matter of fact, I'll even say this, and, and listen, there's been a lot of great quarterbacks. You're one of them. I can, name, I, can make, I can name 10. If you take where the game is now and his mobility, his instincts, and his accuracy – He's the best quarterback I've ever seen as far yeah. as just operating in on the game on Sunday in the huddle. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, I uh, I mean that's that's ever is a big word, you know. I've <laughs> never seen anybody be as mobile and able to throw on the run well, and be no, and not, make I'm, these I'm, throws on the run which I've never seen anybody make before. Yeah, I'm not dismissing the your point cuz I, I I agree and he can do it all, and he's smart. Uh, he knows what defenses are trying to do. Uh, he's, you know, teams try to sub substitute against him, and and he catches them every time. Yep. He, he's, he, you know, he's drawing up things in the dirt that have won games for him. I mean, he's terrific. And, and that play and, beat the Cowboys with last year is one right. of the most amazing plays well, I ever the, saw. It was one. That, the fact that that he drew that up was was pretty good, and then. And then, secondly, the throw. Yep. I told him this this year when we had it's the best throw I've I've ever seen. Well, that's and a compliment coming from you. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, McNabb had one back years ago that that was about as good as I'd ever seen, and and this one, in that situation on the move to put it where he put it was was pretty incredible. But you know, and then right, I mean, Tom Brady doesn't move like Aaron Rodgers. No, can't. Tom Brady yeah. is it's great. You know, no everything question. Everything else is unbelievable. Uh, and Elway was, and you right. know what? I can game guys, and there's been a million of them. And you know what? You were a great quarterback. But the point is, there's a lot of, and you guys were winners and tough and great throwers. This guy's uncanny with right. what he does with his feet, and his instincts are unbelievable. Well, he's he's hey, whether it's last year or other years, we've seen. That he has literally put the team on his back, no question, and carried them to NFC Championship. And I was the same with you. I knew as soon as he went down, they wouldn't be five hundred the rest of yeah. the way. There's no because yeah. he's irreplaceable. Because right. how, how do you draw a play? I wonder if half the time he's not improvising anyway. Well, I think a lot of times he is. I mean, they 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 talk about this year trying to get the ball out of his hands quicker, and and that's just that's not been what the Packers have become offensively. I mean, it's about him moving around, scrambling, and letting guys get down the field, and then him picking a defense apart. And you know, it, it's funny you see these guys come in. I was shocked Watson did so well so fast. I really was, and they were running a lot of college stuff and gimmicky yeah, stuff, but it was working. It was, and and I I hear he's a great kid too. Uh, I I've not met him, but I was really. I I'm, I'm happy whenever these guys come into the league and, and, and have great success. And I was thrilled for him, and I was really happy for Bill O'Brien. I'm a huge fan of his. And, I, I, you know, for Bill to have the years that he's had there in Houston with really no consistency at quarterback. Well, he's had a million guys come through so, there. Yeah, he yeah. finally gets a guy. And I said, man, this guy just cannot get a break at that position. He finally has a guy who's playing at a really high level, and, and then he goes down with an injury and – I hate it for uh, for Deshaun, and I hope uh, hope he's able to come back and continue on with his career. Well, you're going to have a fun couple of weeks here in the NFC. We'll be watching, so thanks for All coming right. on. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, you very much. Good to talk to you, Troy. Thank you. Troy Aikman, uh, always good to talk to him. Uh, good perspective on the league right now, and he has a good one this week. Cowboys will be without Elliott as they go to Atlanta.